We must stop the terror. I call upon all nations to do everything they can to stop these terrorist killers. Thank, Thank you. you. Now watch this drive. Welcome in this morning, guys. Uh, another episode of Carp Barn Talk here for you. This is the post-draft episode. Big draft last night, the Ridge Gang, biggest draft of the year. Um, really excited to get into it with you guys. We're going to take a look at some questions that you guys posted on our Insta story, um, get into some of that, do some discussion there, and then touch up our draft. Uh, good to be here with you today, Luke and Dan. Yeah, it is. It is good to be here this morning. It was a uh, it was a wild draft last night. I don't really think any of us could have predicted uh, that it would go how it went. I, it, it didn't follow any of my mocks. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Wild's an understatement. That's, that's all I've got to say. Not clickbait. (laughs) This is not clickbait. You will be shocked at this draft. (laughs) There's at least one pick I can guarantee everyone that's listening will be shocked by. (laughs) Several, I would even say. (laughs) I don't know which pick you're referring to, so yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's the bad part. Yeah, um, no, it was a good time though. For those of you who don't know, the Ridge Alumni League is uh, is is our kind of high school core group of guys here. All of us are either an alumni of Liberty Ridge or East Ridge, which is where the Ridge Alumni came from, uh, and it's it's a good time. There's a lot of pipping in the league. Uh, very uh, different levels of activity and skill levels and knowledge, but every year it turns out and it's, it's a blast to play. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it this year. Yes, sir. It's always a great time. And honestly, it, you always think, you know, maybe you've got an upper hand cause you know more about fantasy football, but it always seems to turn into a shootout and there's always a sneaky little team that just slithers right on into the playoffs. So <laughs> Uh, okay, should we uh, get going first into some of our uh, listener questions and then uh, then move on to some draft recap? For sure. Yeah, let's do it. All right, so the first question we've got is, the auction waiver wire is a minefield and I'm trying to navigate it. How do I be successful? I will hop in with a tip, uh, one tip from me. Um, I would say don't be afraid to use some of your auction money early on in the season. I think a lot of players, especially at least in our league, this is going to be year two of the the auction waivers. Um, and a lot of people get into the mindset where they, they don't want to waste all their money early. They start to hoard it. Um, and then they end up at the end of the year with a lot of money. And there's some players that in weeks one and two, you don't want to overreact, but you can start to see the writing on the wall for a lot of players and don't be afraid to throw 10, 15 bucks at a player in the first couple of weeks, because uh, you might get ahead of the curve there when a lot of people hold on to their money. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. And even looking at, uh, especially with the running back landscape, the way it is this year, how it gets so thin so fast at that position, um, being really willing, like Luke was saying, to throw some money at it early is a good way to, get some of those guys if an injury happens or something like that you're going to want to have those running backs on your team so yeah definitely not budgeting and saving a ton till the end however at the same time it is good to carry maybe if you spend big early you know what I mean maybe if you're in let's say a hundred dollar budget it might be good to hang around with 10 bucks that you just keep on you until the last couple weeks of the season because then that way if anything does happen that does allow you to put a bit of a bid in that might put you at an advantage uh, compared to some of your other league mates that might have spent all their money already. So that could be another tip that you could use to carry somebody who maybe, you know, you got a week 10 injury right before the playoffs happen and one of your star guys goes down to be able to get that back up would be a huge win there. So spend early, but then also have maybe a set number where you uh, cut off your spending so you can um, maybe get some crucial late round backups if you need. All right, yeah, I don't have anything to add to that, so I'll go ahead and get us with the next question. 
I have something, one, one quick thing to add there. Do not spend all your money, all $100 week one. <laughs> Shout out to Connor Schellenbach on that one last year. I, I think he'll learn his lesson. I hope for his sake that was just a mistake. <laughs> but nonetheless, what is the... You got to get your guys, though. Lamar Jackson. Mm. I would say for me, mid-third. Um, I think that, like, especially with this year, you need to go, like, not to, like, obviously you want to stay water, like, stay fluid in your draft um, and take what the board gives you. But in this draft, if there ever was a time to lock into a strategy, going RB, RB is a massive way to start your draft this year. Few running backs that are really the bell cow back. It's important to get those guys. Um, and then at the front of the third round, you can still come back even after going running back, running back, and get a really good wide receiver one. But once you slide back into that middle third, Lamar really is that game-breaking quarterback. That If he puts up 40 points and your team has the rest of your team has an average or even below average week, you still have a great chance to win. So I think that's a great spot to grab him. Anywhere before you're starting to sacrifice that value where your pick of Lamar is going to get kind of negated by the lack of talent you're going to have on your roster. So, Yeah, Lamar is crazy because he basically provides you with another running back with his rushing totals and rushing touchdowns. Um, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of echo uh, your sentiments, and I'm going to say really anywhere in the third round, uh, once you have two players, if you can grab Lamar as your third, I- I'm doing that all day. So if I'm sitting number one overall pick, I take McCaffrey, and then I'm coming back with the two-three turn right there, and I can go another running back or maybe a, a wide receiver that drops there, and then Lamar as kind of right at that two-three turn. I think that's the earliest I would feel feel comfortable doing Lamar. Luke, though, did do you think Lamar is an talented quarterback? Is he just a running back to you? He is. I'm gonna. He is a great quarterback. He is a quarterback and a running back. He is not a running back, but he. If you took away all of his passing stats, I think he's still. It's some crazy stat last year. He he finished in like the top twenty of running backs. Even if you took away all his passing, which is just crazy. So you you are starting a running back in addition to his quarterback stats. Yeah, I mean, last year, if I'm, I'm just pulling up his stats real quick, uh, he actually had 1,206 rushing yards and seven rushing touchdowns. So that's crazy. Yeah. But. All right. So the next one would be what are some running back steals you guys are finding in the late rounds of the draft? Well, our draft last night, running backs went early and often, and that did not change at all. So these running back steals that you think you can find in the late draft, you might be finding them in the sixth, seventh rounds in that area. Um, one name I want to bring up, uh, and this is, this is an electric player. I don't know if he's going to get the volume that you quite want, but Antonio Gibson coming out of the Washington football team uh, Geis is gone. There's a big opening in the running back position. I don't know if Gibson is going to fill that role to be the, the three down running back, uh, but he is going to catch a lot of passes. He has great speed, very elusive. He's taken reps with the wide receivers. I've heard he's been in wide receiver meetings. Uh, it sounds like they want to get the ball in his hands uh, and he's going later in drafts. I don't know if he's going to start moving up now that people catch on, but he's still going later in drafts. I, I think – I don't remember exactly where he went in our draft, but it was probably eighth round, eighth, ninth round, right around there. And uh, um, I think he's, he'll have a good year. He yeah. could If he breaks out, he's going to be incredible. If he doesn't quite pan out, then he's a guy where you, you don't feel bad cutting him. I mean, he's a, he's a late pick. Yeah, yeah and I mean, that's a guy that you could even spin and trade to another – player if you if he has a slow start you could maybe trade him for maybe some potential on some other guys teams but yeah Dan what were you gonna throw in there he did go eight in our draft he did go eighth round okay sweet I had a couple names in my mind too that I wanted to throw in there I think with this year um due due to just how thin it is um something that's maybe more important this year could be looking at some of those electric handcuffs um options that you know could become important in this season so we're looking at guys like tony pollard alexander madison and chase edmonds in my mind those are kind of your big three 
of handcuffs um, just because of the nature of the position. I mean, Dalvin Cook, phenomenal running back. Alexander Madison doesn't have much standalone value there. But Dalvin Cook has been known to go down with bigger injuries, has been known to miss some time. So having Alexander Madison, who's filled in for Dalvin really well, could be a valuable play, even if you don't have Dalvin on your team. If you do have Dalvin, if you're like first round pick, you're drafted number four or five, you go Dalvin Cook, coming back and drafting Alexander Madison in the ninth or 10th round is a great investment because then you, you're covered basically because your first round pick then suddenly becomes essentially no risk and you're using ninth or 10th round draft capital to make that happen. So I guess in my mind, that's, that's what I'm going with there. But those are just some other things to consider if you're a handcuff type player. Yeah, I was going to point out Chase Edmonds as well. I don't particularly believe in Kenyon Drake being quite as good as everyone seems to. That's a personal thing. And so I feel like Edmonds, he did well when he had his chances last year before the Cardinals got Drake. So I feel like there's a decent chance that he pulls up with some good value late rounds this year as well. I want to throw one one thing out there with these handcuffs. I think if you're someone who wants to mitigate risk on your, your high draft players, then they're a great investment. Um, I don't think that they are a valuable play to try to mitigate risk against COVID this year. Because if you say you draft Dalvin Cook and you're like, crap, I mean, what if Dalvin gets COVID? He's out for three weeks now. I, I better have his backup. Well, those guys are taking meetings together all day. They're taking reps together all day. There's a good chance Madison's going to have COVID too. So don't draft your handcuffs thinking they're, they're COVID proof. That, that would be an area where you'd want to diversify teams. Good call. Yeah, definitely. That is a very smart play. So this is the last question here. Um, we're going to go with, who is Luke taking round one, and why will he be a back-breaking disappointment? And I'll let uh, that bring us into our draft. This, this is a good segue into our draft. So I, uh, I had the 10th uh, overall pick in the first round. And uh, in uh, a lot of my preparation, I, I had really keyed in on one guy. And this guy might have actually been an even riskier pick for me. I really wanted Clyde Edwards-Alaire at 10. I think he's the real deal. I think he's going to be awesome for Kansas City. Um, and, and I did not get him. Brandon Romano took him at eight, uh, even after a huge running back run, um, which was crazy. And, and we'll go through that in a little bit here. But I, I ended up taking Josh Jacobs at 10. And I really, my first two picks, 10, and then it would have been pick 15. Uh, I kind of treated them as getting two guys, and I just wanted to make sure I could get my guy at 15, which was Miles Sanders. Um, and I thought Sanders had a better chance of being available at 15 than Josh Jacobs. So those two, I don't really have either one graded higher than the other. I love them both. Um, but they are both the young running backs looking for an expanded role, and, and that could backfire. So, yeah, that, that is a very fair question. I've had trouble i took david johnson i believe in the first round last year and and he was just garbage i think that is the definition of a backbreaking disappointment <laughs> i've been there before so i know what it feels like to have my back broken now yeah. but not this year no nope. is gonna catch those passes he's gonna feel the loss 60. of his lights uh, Miles Sanders is gonna he's gonna take over that number one role. Boston Scott, who, and, and we're gonna have two stud running backs rolling out there every week. There you go. Okay. You guys wanna run? Do you have a quick run through of each go around the horn here and run through each of our teams just so they got some context on it, and we can kind of dive into some of the thoughts we had on it. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do that. I've kind of already started, so let's. Uh, I'll, I'll run through my team here. I got it in front of me. So, like I said, I had the 10th pick. Um, I, went, I went Jacobs and Miles Sanders. Love both of those running backs. I, I wanted to go two running backs with my first two picks. Uh, coming back around, I needed a safer wide receiver in the third round, so I went Robert Woods. He's a little steadier. Uh, and, then, and then in the fourth round, I wanted a wide receiver with a little more boom potential there to kind of complement Woods. So I went DJ Chark. Um, and then uh, took two more running backs, Kareem Hunt, Ronald Jones. Uh, then I went a little run on receivers to kind of fill in there. Went Edelman, 
and then Jamison Crowder and then Deontay Johnson uh, filled out my skill or the rest of my uh, starting lineup next went uh, Carson Wentz at quarterback and then Mike Gesicki at tight end um, uh, filled out the bench Alan Lazard and Chris Thompson and then I uh, took Titans defense and Matt Gay. Nice. I I'm just gonna give it to you. I'm just I had the number two overall pick or number three. Sorry, I convinced myself I had two because I got Saquon, but I had the number three overall pick. Um, and I went the team shaped up to be Tom Brady, Saquon Barkley, Austin Eckler, DJ Moore, Cooper Cup, Darren Waller at the tight end, Buffalo Bills defense, Harrison Butker, Adam Thielen at the flex. Uh, then the bench is Jordan Howard, Tavius Murray, Sterling Shepard, Preston Williams, Josh Kelly, and Joe Burrow. Those wide receivers are so good. Yeah. <laughs> Great wide receiver. I mean, here's the thing with your team. I'm pulling it up now, but, like, those three guys, Moore, Cup, and then Thielen, they kind of all fell to you. Yeah. I mean, I, I was, I was going to take Cup six picks, seven picks earlier if I didn't already have Woods. I just didn't want both Rams receivers. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, when you got your, your RB3 and RB4, Jordan Howard and Latavius Murray – <laughs> um, so you just you gotta hope your two running backs at the top pan out, and then and then those receivers should be should be solid. That's yeah, a good team. I mean Saquon is a lock. He's gonna pan out if he stays healthy. Like if he's yeah. on the field, he's gonna be the number two or even number one running back in football. So I'm not really worried at that position as much. Austin Eckler is a bit of a question mark, but I like his pass catching. Yeah, I mean in a half PPR league, you're at least gonna get something for the pass catching, and that's gonna be helpful. Yeah. Dan, let's hear it. So I picked the nine spot, so I was sitting right in front of Luke. Uh, I got Michael Thomas in the first round. I got Nick Chubb and Lev Bell at running backs. Tyler Lockett, Cam Akers, Deshaun Watson, which I will say I came into the draft targeting Josh Allen, but Deshaun fell to me, and I would have felt bad picking Allen over Deshaun, so I kind of had to. Got Evan Engram at tight end, Christian Kirk, Adrian Peterson, Mike Williams, I did get Chase Edmonds in the 11th. And then I've got Austin Hooper, Will Lutz, Rams defense, and my Mr. Irrelevant, Michael Pittman Jr. And so that one was weird because every time I did a mock, I was seeing Michael Thomas go around six-ish. I did not expect him to drop to nine. So that kind of threw a wrench in my plan, and I was – I wanted to go – A pleasant wrench maybe? Yeah. Yeah. What, what, I want to hear. What was your thought process at nine then? So, so our first round was was a little crazy. McCaffrey one, uh, Zeke two. A little a little weird there, but I've seen it. Henry, you got Saquon at three then. Uh, Kamara goes four. Derrick Henry five. Dalvin Cook six. Connor Schellenbach with a, a crazy round one pick of Leonard Fournette at seven. He must know something we don't there. Uh, uh, Brandon Romano takes uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire at, at eight. So you're sitting there at nine with eight running backs already off the board. Do you, do you entertain running back, or was this a no-brainer Michael Thomas there? Uh, so I did entertain running back. I entertained Josh Jacobs for about two seconds because I was thinking, well, there's eight running backs off the board. I don't want to get super behind. But at the same time, you can't – it's one of those things where you feel bad passing on Michael Thomas at that point. Because he was yeah. the only receiver that went round one in our league. Albeit, I, yeah, I think that taking a running back there is borderline just heretical of yeah. fantasy football in general. Like, yeah. you have Michael Thomas, he yeah. absolutely phenomenal, record-breaking season, and there's really no sign of him slowing down. I mean, even if Drew Brees doesn't play well and they need to get into a backup quarterback, oh, who do you go to? But Jameis Winston – King of just throwing the ball into ridiculous situations and hoping the receiver makes a play, which is exactly what Michael Thomas would do. You know what I mean? So, like, it's it's a perfect pick at nine. That's amazing value. Well, especially because I could get a running back coming back because I was later in the round, so I was an early round two pick, so I could get Chubb there, which, yeah, he's in concussion protocol. I don't think that's going to slow him down that much. No. Chubb is a Lamborghini. He's a self-dubbed Lamborghini. So 
Lambert yeah. needs to play with concussion. You know, I have I have Kareem Hunt, and I have nothing against Nick Chubb. I I like the pick there. I think both can bring fantasy value to your team. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, and then you, and then I, I like the call there to go running back in round three as well. Um, I, I do like Le'Veon Bell. Um, I, I don't think he'll get you those boom weeks, but he, on volume alone, should be steady enough to plug in your RB2 and, and keep him there relatively safely all year. Um, Tyler Lockett, good value in the fourth to complement Michael Thomas. Um, but then, I mean, I, I really think you need, because you went then rookie running back and Cam Akers and then quarterback and then tight end, you, you really need those top four to produce in your lineup every single week because I don't know if you can quite afford one of those four to not be an every week starter. That would that'd be my one kind of critique of that team there. But I, it's four good players, so there, there's no reason they shouldn't. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's I, Le'Veon definitely I picked earlier than I would ever have wanted to pick him. But that was just a uh, a product of what happened in our draft. So yeah, I mean the other guys available are James Conner, David Johnson, and and Melvin Gordon. And you, I like you got into that. That's a little tier and a little cluster of running backs, in my opinion. You have your big first round running back tirade, and then a big second round tirade. Um, I feel like in a lot of drafts, and that cluster generally is mid to like early to mid and even sometimes extends into late fourth round. Like that's like your fourth round running backs right there. So you were in that cluster and of that cluster, I think Le'Veon is the guy to have. I mean, you know what I mean? Like last season I would say is, is probably as close to his floor. I would imagine he really didn't do a whole lot and he was still a running back too. You know what I mean? Yep. So if you, if you have Le'Veon improve, get a little better, you're going to have a pretty solid running back too maybe even a low-end running back one. I think that would be a little bit aggressive for Le'Veon this season, but I would say you're going to have a running back two out of Le'Veon for sure. Granted, this is sounding awfully similar to what they said about David Johnson last year. They were saying last going into last year's draft, oh, David Johnson was at his floor. He was bad, and he still finished as like the RB11 or something, and then he was just bad again. Yeah, but there's a lot of reasons why that like was happening. But- Le'Veon had four touchdowns total. Yeah, yeah. In pass, true. in rushing and passing four. You know, like, like that's just it's not going to happen again. Like he, he, should, like, he should the regression that. has to go up. Like Adam Gase needs to just remove that vendetta against Le'Veon Bell. Like it's just free Le'Veon. Like that guy needs to like just not have Adam Gase as his guy. Adam Gase should not be an NFL coach, but that's a different story. But Adam Gase should not be within five hundred feet of an NFL team. Yeah, he like, sucks. <laughs> Le'Veon Bell, arguably, like talent-wise, is one of the best running backs in football, and he's just, he got four touchdowns. Yeah, that should double. Yeah, that yeah. says a lot about the Jets. It it does. Henry, what are you, you got? Any burning thoughts about your team here? Um, walk me through maybe a, a, a regretful decision of your draft or a decision you really love in your draft. I mean, I love my wide receivers. Like that was, I think the me staying fluid in the draft and looking at the draft board and looking at the running backs and like, yeah, I'm a running back guy. Like I've said it time and time again, I love running backs, love the position, just love how steady value, like, you know, going into your week, you don't have to play the game of, oh, is my guy going to get locked up by a cornerback? You know that your running back is going to be in the game plan. Like, it's just going to get happened. Like, so I love picking running backs, but then looking at the board, like, I'm not really going to get excited about the running backs that were on the board when I was picking. But to go DJ Moore, I think is going to be a great wide receiver one. Cooper Cuff with a little bit more boom potential there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, definitely don't think he's going to be your wide receiver four again this season. I think that might be a little steep, but I definitely think he'll put up wide receiver two numbers. I think that's not out of the question. Wide receiver and, 14. Which, which you're going to, I mean, are you going to, I mean, that would be great. Uh, yeah, totally fine yeah. with that. Um, that's, I mean, even pushing low end wide receiver one territory. And if I have two wide receiver ones, I'm more than happy to position. Then I even added a third guy that could be in that same like little low wide receiver one, like solid, at least wide receiver two ch- uh, category and Adam Thielen for a flex spot. I mean, hopefully he comes back from the soft tissue injury. I mean, he had a hamstring problem pretty much all of last season, which I think that's kind of what, 
drove down the draft value and then also just the stigma against picking anybody on the Vikings wide receivers just because of Kirk Cousins. But Kirk Cousins is still a good quarterback. Like, if you look at some of the other guys you're thinking are going to get your guys the ball, like you, like Allen Robinson still, get, still gets drafted as a wide receiver one, and he's got Mitch Trubisky throwing in the ball. And I think we can all conclude that Kirk Cousins is substantially better than Mitch Trubisky, you know? So I think I think Thielen – I would say Thielen is a pick that I – really like and Thielen is honestly a guy that I have a vendetta against like I don't love drafting Vikings wide receivers because of how much I know that Zim loves to run the ball and hates throwing the ball so I don't I don't always love taking Vikings wide receivers but when he came to me in like the sixth round or something that's well below his ADP like Dan what what round did I get Thielen again you got got him end of the end of the fifth I believe end of the fifth you picked him or would that have been no, that would have been start of fifth. Start of fifth round, you got him. Okay. He, you went the pick after Stefan went. <laughs> that was, yeah. Oh. Oh. Elusive, for sure. But, I mean, so start of the fifth, I got him a whole round after his ADP. Yeah. So he's a guy that I'll draft below my, the, a round below his ADP, no problem. Um, I love that for sure. Um, don't exactly love my running back situation, though. I think in order to get that wide receiver trio, I definitely made some sacrifices on the running back end of it. Love my, I mean, Saquon I love. Uh, a little riskier than Zeke, but um, due to the injury concern there, but I think that Saquon will be just fine. I mean, he's a phenom in New York, and if Daniel Jones improves, that only bodes well for Saquon. Uh, the Austin Eckler pick, um, I think I was between Austin Eckler and Aaron Jones, correct? That is correct, Yeah. Yeah, that was a that was a bit of a tough decision for me. I've definitely gone back and forth on that. Um, I went Eckler in hopes that I would find a little bit more certainty. Is what I'm. That was the rationale behind that final decision. I think that is a decision I might regret eventually, but um, just because of the murkiness of the Green Bay backfield, the fact that the negative touchdown regression for Aaron Jones, the addition of AJ Dillon in those goal line situations, I think isn't great for Aaron Jones. Also to begin with last season, he was pretty wildly inconsistent, had Mm -hmm. huge like 44 point weeks, but then would follow it up with like the two, two, three, and then another 30 point week. You know what I mean? And so I was hoping. And then, and then you traded him away to me. You had him last year and and you didn't want to deal with it. And you traded him to me last year. That's true, and then you got to ride the Aaron Jones roller coaster. I mean, it's it's sometimes a fun. It's a, no, it's it's a roller coaster. You have your ups and downs. So the hope the hope was that with Austin Eckler that I would see maybe a guy where heavily utilized in the passing game, um, you're going to maybe see a little bit more of that floor. I mean, he averages over ten yards per reception, and he he caught a lot of balls. You know, so I yep. think that that's something where he catches if he catches even five balls a game at 10 yards a catch that's already 50 yards not even considering what he does on the ground or touchdowns so i think that's a, a pretty quick way to rack up points i guess that's ultimately why i went Eckler there i uh, um, i i just got an update from bleacher report i don't know if you guys got this it is aj dylan is too strong with the popcorn emoji oh, it's just- packers rookie running back made this sled drill look way too easy he he might be eating into uh Oh no. Oh no. Miles Sanders is week to week. Breaking news on the podcast. Oh no. <laughs> Philly running back has a lower body injury, but there is no sense of great concern from the team. Okay. Oh, no. <laughs> I Luke, for your sake, I hope he just sprained his ankle and he'll be good to go by the season start. A low ankle sprain, not the elusive high ankle sprain. Wow. <laughs> that is... I'm nervous. <laughs> he's fine. He's fine. Yeah, he's yeah. Fine. He's I'm going to maybe inquire about Boston Sky later today, but who has him? Yeah. Oh, Romano has him. I can peel him off, Romano. <laughs> That's what I like to hear. Uh, Why does that come out the morning after our draft? I mean, you got to be kidding me here. I thought you were going to say something about Eckler that I wasn't going to like, but I would say the guy that on my team that I might regret the most is Darren Waller. I, at that point I was just kind of like, <laughs> I, I don't know. I listened to a, a different podcast, shout out to the fantasy footballers and Darren Waller had a very just geeky introduction to one of their, uh, 
one of their episodes and so that kind of made me laugh and then it was just kind of a dang this board looks really bad right now so I think I'm just going to take a tight end that I think will be good and just not have to worry about the position anymore but I think he might regress and then that might be something I end up regretting wholeheartedly. No that's the thing though I mean I I really love waiting on my quarterbacks and my tight ends but it's so hard to keep waiting on them when there is just nobody on the board. And it's like, it just looks so appealing to start to fill out your starting lineup. I, and well, I think, it, Dan, sorry to just not have a clue where I'm drafting these guys, but did I, where did I get him? Was he in the sixth? You, did, you got him in the sixth. And yeah. some guys, you got him. Uh, um, other guys available would have been uh, some receivers went right after him. So Marquise Brown, Devontae Parker, A.J. Green, and Jarvis Landry. Michael Gallup was available. The only guy there that, like, I'm kind of thinking, like, ooh, maybe I would have wanted him was Devontae Parker. And you needed – you already had three receivers anyways. And the running backs that were available were Jordan Howard, J.K. Dobbins, Tevin Coleman, who went even later. I mean – And Jordan Howard is a guy that I got on my and team. And you got him. And then you got him coming around. Yeah. So, so yeah. I don't know. I The middle – like, the like the, I would say, like, the – Eighth round going on in our draft was just an absolute free-for-all. Like, I don't know. Dan, take us through your team, though. I spent a lot of time pipping about my guys. Yeah, I mean, I I don't necessarily, like, absolutely outstandingly love any specific part of my team. I mean, I love <laughs> that Michael Thomas fell to me. And, like, I don't get me wrong, I definitely don't feel like this is one of the weaker teams I have. I feel like this team is – gonna be very solid it just felt weird after preparing like I was sitting I was like I'm taking nine I'll get Devonte or Julio and I'll be looking at one of these these mid mid-tier like early second round running backs at the turn and then Michael Thomas falls into my lap but yeah I mean when I look at it I am happy with my Deshaun Watson Evan Ingram Six seven, yeah, that's that's nice. I like that. It's a, a little bit more creative and nifty than we're used to in that those positions higher than you'd normally go. But yeah, and it's Desha- I got Deshaun as the looks like the fifth quarterback off the board. Um, and I have no problem with that because I usually am one that's usually in a quarterback problem. I usually am struggling to find a quarterback late in the late in the season, and. Don't get me wrong, Deshaun's got a little bit of an injury risk, but he also has some massive games, so I'm not super worried about that. I will say this. as a I was operating out of the Deshaun Watson, Dak Prescott stack last year. Oh, um, that's nice. Which that was, that was such a luxury, literally, to, for the entire season, to just look at my roster and say – this week, I just need to decide if I want to start Deshaun Watson or Dak Prescott. I don't have to sit there and say, all right, well, who, which quarterback in the waiver wire that's going to get me negative two points am I going to pick up now? So I think you're really going to enjoy having Watson on your team. Yeah, it's a, it's a first for me in this league because last year I got to ride Lamar in one of our other leagues. But in this league, I have a history of taking a – a 10th round quarterback as my starter and never really getting much value out of it in the long run. It's just so frustrating too to look at like your matchup and your quarterback getting 10 points and going up against like Lamar or somebody getting like 30 or 40 points and that just literally in that moment makes you just want to sit there and say all right I'm taking a quarterback in my second pick next year like this is ridiculous. So yeah and so I'm, I'm excited for that. I was fully mentally prepared to take Josh Allen, but, you know, it wasn't in the cards. <laughs> he, and I, that was a little reach there, wasn't there? That was a reach on Josh Allen. Yeah, Josh yeah. Allen went two picks after I took Deshaun, and Josh Allen went three picks before Dak. In which which round was that again, just for the, the viewers here? Six. That'd be, uh, yeah, coming back down the sixth round. Yeah, that is that is definitely high on Josh Allen and even low on the other guys that I would say. I mean, Josh Allen, his ADP is 1009. Another yeah. Connor Schellenbach thing. <laughs> so, um, That'll be a team to monitor this year. <laughs> it could go very wrong quickly. But, I mean, 
It could go very right quickly. It, as well. I mean, it, I mean, it really. I mean, his top five picks: Leonard Fournette, Mike Evans, Todd Gurley, Odell Beckham Jr., T.Y. Hilton. It's all, honestly, all five of those guys have been stud fantasy players in the past. If we rewind the clock two years ago or something. Oh, my goodness. That's an incredible team. If you're back two years, that team wins the championship. But even this year, like, that could be a good team. Like, Leonard Fournette always seems to get stunted on pre-draft, and then he always seems to just kind of be a fine running back option, maybe or RB2 or something, you know, maybe even like a low-end RB1 some weeks. Um, and then Todd Gurley, if he, you know, stays healthy and manages to put a little something together, he could also be an RB two. And then if Mike Evans is Mike Evans, you got a wide receiver one, you know, it, it could shape up. Yeah, absolutely. I just That's didn't the beauty see of the rich Mike gang draft D hop or Tyreek. I, I don't like DeAndre Hopkins this year. No. He's, the, he's on my avoid list. Oh, absolutely. ADP, it's a big risk. Yeah. Um, what are some other crazy things that happened here? I'm, I'm looking through the draft board right now. Luke, I don't know. Maybe Dan could tell us this, but how many running backs were taken in the first three rounds? The first three? Let's see. So there were um, uh, 10 of the first 12 picks, so 10 running backs in the first round. One, two, three, four, five running backs in the second round. And then one, two, three, four running backs in the third round. So 19 out of the first 36 picks were running backs. So the value there is going away fast. You know what I mean? And who is it? Who, like if you were to go to a ESPN uh, fantasy football, just traditional PPR cheat sheet ranking. You're running back 20 then. You're looking at the Melvin Gordon, James Conner, Singletary, DeAndre Swift would be your guys available. Yeah, so the guys available in that. If, if some of the guys in our league that went only one running back in the first three rounds, they're looking at David Johnson, Melvin Gordon, David Montgomery, Jonathan Taylor, Mark Ingram, Devin Singletary. I'm not super comfortable with any of those guys as my RB2. I no. mean, it, it, unless you got like, say you get maybe uh, David Montgomery and Jonathan Taylor and you plug and play Montgomery hoping he gets by on volume until Taylor takes over the starting role. I mean, like if, if you really wanted to go running back, wide receiver, wide receiver, and then get like those two guys and say those two are going to fill up one roster spot for me throughout the year, that's something you could do. It's just for me. That's that's, that's, that's a two picks on a on a mediocre running back too. Yeah, Absolutely. I would say again though, just really not being afraid to take the right player at the right time. Meaning, if you're looking at like Dan, I think had a perfect example of it in the first round. The right pick for Dan was Michael Thomas. Like. Mm-hmm. If, if Michael Thomas falls to you at the nine spot, or if guys in your draft are falling to you at the nine spot, not panicking, not saying, okay, we just had, you know, nine, ten running backs just go right in front of me. Like being willing to just avoid the kind of urge to follow that and be like, okay, if I don't get them now, they're going to be gone. Like staying in, like holding your ground and picking a guy with value is, is important. You know what I mean? Like you shouldn't just abandon – great value for following a trend. Obviously there's things to note there. Uh, if you see like, okay, we're getting close to the end of this tier of running backs and I need a guy in that tier, hop in that tier. But like, if there's great value, don't pass it up just because of a trend. Yeah. I mean, with that one, it just, it did all the taking Michael Thomas. Like, obviously that was the right choice. It, I did have to reach a little bit for Le'Veon Bell in the third just to make sure that I got a second guy that I knew would be solid because after Le'Veon Bell, realistically, I was looking at, and I did get Cam Akers as my next real opportunity to get a decent running back. And obviously he's a rookie, so I don't want to plug and play a rookie at my RB too. So right. you kind of yeah. yep. like maybe I have to reach a little bit, but that's not necessarily a bad thing if you, if you know there's no like – you need this spot. You might have to reach a little bit, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. Yeah. 
I mean, you got a guy with 149 receptions for 1725 yards and nine touchdowns last season. Who was that? That's Michael Thomas. Oh, Michael Thomas. I mean, yeah, yeah, you're you're a receiver, yeah. He's unbelievable, but yeah, yeah. After uh, after completing one draft now for all of us, I think this was all three of our first drafts here. Um, what's the what's the optimal spot to pick if if you're looking at an upcoming draft and you have a choice of where you want to pick? What are we thinking here? I got to be honest. I liked Henry's three spot. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you got to assume you're going to get Zeke. You do going into it, but know your league. All you need. Um. And Zeke's a great pick this year, I think. But, I mean, if Saquon falls to you, you're not complaining. And I think the three spot's good um, just because you can get higher value in that first round. I actually looked at a – when I was researching, because our league, the way we do it traditionally is we play a little game or um, something like that to determine, like, who gets to select their draft slot. This year we just did a random number generator type thing, and then you were able to choose. Okay, I want to draft this slot when it was your choice. You it was your turn in the order of where you got to choose. Um, when I was researching, pretty much like every like there's this source did like a study and it broke it down. It was essentially scratch in terms of there were some alterations at the back end, but it was essentially scratch one through twelve on like total of points by the end of the season. Hmm, that's Just, interesting. It actually really was. I was thinking like, dang, maybe you'd have some shakeups at the back end. Maybe some like, you're maybe getting some like at the 12 turn, since you get that bang, bang, you might have two essentially round one guys you could get away with. But like the, the source I was looking at basically said scratch. So I would, I really liked, I did like my three spot. Part of the reason I was okay with it though, is I knew the, like it was, it was definitely not set who was getting taken before me. So I did like the potential of Saquon, or more unlikely, the low percentage look of Christian McCaffrey following to, falling to me. I, I liked that opportunity, and I knew my consolation prize was Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah, I think I think if you're not going to get in one of those top three picks, because I really think those top three are a tier above everyone else. I'm I'm waiting, especially after I mean, see in this draft, Kamara, Derrick Henry, Dalvin Cook. I don't think those guys are that much better than the Josh Jacobs, Clyde Edwards Alaire, Miles Sanders, Joe Mixon, Nick Chubb. So I'd rather wait and, and go nine, ten, eleven and get some of those guys and then get a better second round pick and then not have to not have to worry about choosing between those guys that all have just as many question marks as the guys you're getting in the back of the first. So I think, I think you, for me, you avoid the middle of the first and either front or back is, is what I'm seeing. I would, I would agree there for yeah. sure. Drafting towards the back was fun. Yeah. We're, uh, we're going to get a power rankings up, I believe of, of the teams. Um, we'll, we'll kind of do a little write up on each of these teams and, and have the, the lineups in there as, as well. So you guys can read over and, and see what our league's doing this year. It's, it's going to be a fun year and, and, uh, I think it's going to be entertaining to follow. So we'll get that up uh, pretty soon with this episode here. Um, any, any parting thoughts about the Ridge alumni league or the draft or just fantasy in general this year after we're, we're in the thick of things now. Honestly, very odd tidbit, but the biggest piece of advice when planning for drafts, if there's any way that you can do a mock draft, even if it's just one of them recognizing it takes a decent amount of time. If you can do a longer mock draft, maybe on the ESPN servers or something like that, the biggest thing is developing that patience that can come in a, maybe an in-person draft, especially without like a, we don't do a shot clock on our picks. We just let it kind of free flow. Um, at some point you get the nudge to, all right, you got to pick, but any way that you can maybe adjust endurance. I think that is a huge thing where um, just keeping yourself locked into your game plan and then not allowing your mind to drift. You know what I mean? You want your mind to be sharp. You don't want to just be numb out here. I think, even writing down on a post-it note, guys, you need to get in your draft can be helpful. But if like you ever see like, draft, your, like writing your kicker on your post-it note and showing it to everyone before the draft. Yes, but not actually who's on the post-it note. You need to keep no, it a secret. Just a folded note. 
Yeah. All right. So you're saying it's not a good idea then for Jack to to log on to uh, Siege and start playing that at about round seven during the draft. No, that that will numb your mind. You want your senses to be sharp in the draft. Oh. What's he started playing Siege about round seven? His picks after he started playing Siege. <laughs> Hunter Henry, Marlon Mack, the San Francisco defense in the ninth round. Um, Cam Newton, and that's his second quarterback. Justin Jefferson. Duke Johnson, Greg Zerline, Noah Fant, and he finished off the draft with Quintez Cephas. <laughs> I'm just going to say it. Duke Johnson in the whatever round that was is honestly a not a bad running back pick for him being like one of the last running backs taken. Yeah, it was grabby. Like, Duke Johnson is every year, though. Like it's Duke that's another guy. He's I'm gonna I might draft a free my man blank list. Like free my man Lev Bell, free my man Duke Johnson, because <laughs> those guys need to get a shot. These guys are oh. good running backs that are just trapped in the system of their team. And it's just horrible to watch. Yeah. Uh, Jack's team is one of those teams where on paper it's not it's not great, but when you're when you're going up against them. He has he have guys that, that will scare you. Like, you'll still be scared to play Jack because he has Lamar could go off, scary Terry McLaurin could go off, uh, Julio can go off any week. I mean, it's like – wide receivers are good, man. No, they are. Julio, and, that's good. Yeah, and, and like – you, you just don't want to lose to Jack. And, and he has guys that can single-handedly beat you. So it's a scary – feels team. bad. I mean, he has James Conner, David Johnson as his running backs. Yeah, that is the that's the opposite of scary there. If you're looking, it feels for like last season. <laughs> His RB three is Marlon Mack. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, when Marlon Mack loses the starting role, his RB three is Duke Johnson. Respect. Oh, all right. My uh, my parting thoughts here. Oh man, you know, I would say. Um, now more than ever, especially at, at the scarcity of the running back and wide receiver positions, uh, just don't be afraid and, and stay true to your decision. If, if you're going to go through with this decision, stay true to hold on quarterbacks and tight ends. And, and I took my, my quarterback and tight end and I think rounds 10 and 11. And even I thought I could, I sh- maybe should have held out and gone 11, 12. It, it's, it's easy to look at those open spots and want to fill them in, but Depth this year is going to be huge, and 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 if you have a decision, if you have a decision to to take those guys late, uh, stick with that. Don't I mean, we want to stay water, but at the same time, you got to follow through with the research you did. So, there's a middle ground there. Stay water, but hold true to your research. Hard hitting analysis from us here. (laughs) Oh yeah. Uh, all right, fast, so not too fast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we will uh, we will keep you uh, guys updated on our league this year. It's going to be a good time, yep. um, and I'm excited for you all to see how I win the league and get my name on the trophy. So, um, Phoenix, <laughs> the wow. Phoenix is rising. Uh, Miles Sanders' stock is falling, but that does not matter. <laughs> Uh, with that, uh, uh, you guys take it easy. Best of luck in all your fantasy football drafts coming up here. Um, and don't be afraid to take Matthew Stafford. Yep. Good luck to everybody. Absolutely. Good luck, everybody. Good luck, everybody.